Hello, everyone, and welcome to another recap race analysis here of the Vuelta España 2023. This was stage five, another sprint stage, and I'm joined with one third of the Echelon Cycling Podcast, Patrick Blake, and I'll do cycling creator as well. And uh, yeah, Patrick, what happened on the stage today? It was a bit like yesterday. There wasn't too much going on, not even like a biggish breakaway. There was only just the one solo rider who went up today, Eric Antonio Fogundes of Burgos BH, who gave us the solo breakaway rider kind of award of the day. So hopefully he'll get the Combativité prize. But a lot of the action was really focused within the latter half of the stage. I think it was a category three, category two climb. It was a relatively shallow gradient, but it was worth noting that Dainese was sort of hanging towards the back of the peloton there. So clearly not got the best climbing legs on him, but we'll talk about him later on in his uh, in his position in the sprint. But going towards the intermediate sprint, which is after that final climb, there were six four and two bonus seconds on offer and we saw quite a lot of teams quite interested in there some of like the sprint teams like Alperson clearly interested in there but also EF for Vandenberg but Sudal Quickstep were going in there with a good position to tee up Remco Avenapool to try and get some bonus seconds and we were both surprised that he pretty much took them uncontested from Jumbo Visma it seemed like people were probably thinking about Roglic to take for bonus seconds but it was Remco who took the six clearly showing how much he's improved in his sprinting and were you surprised at Jumbo's sort of lack of attentiveness towards that do you think it was just a pretty kind of easy thing for Remco to do a sprint and gain six bonus seconds just you know like the amount of effort you'd have to put in on a mountaintop finish to get six seconds on somebody as a, as a delta Putting in a sprint seems like a pretty good return on, on investment. Or as you always say, uh, seconds gained in the first week is just the same as gaining it in the final week. So, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. We've yeah. talked about bonus seconds before, but it's part of the game. So, yeah, he's playing it cool. And yeah, what was Roglic doing? What was They could have had an Olaf Koy here who could have blocked <laughs> that out. But Well, yeah, it's, it's certainly something worth mentioning, even if it's not. An Olav Koy, but it's just somebody like a fast man who can beat Remco in a sprint, denying him of as many bonus seconds is also important. You know, we've seen other teams doing that in the past. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but say, you know, Ineos brought Viviani here or something like that. Viviani would have beaten Remco in a sprint more than likely and denied bonus seconds. So bringing those sorts of riders from a utility standpoint is quite useful. And it's not something which Jumbo really have in this race. But Jumbo are playing a very long and cool game about it. They're probably not too worried about six bonus seconds when you've got the angle room at Tourmalet in here. But six bonus seconds is still six bonus seconds. But moving on to the actual sprint of the stage, it was, I can't remember, there's a, the statistics going around is how many roundabouts are there in X number of kilometers. I think it was something like nine roundabouts within five kilometers something ridiculous like that they don't go all the way around them but they're just in there and alperson were taking it up clearly you know interested in groves after his kind of like very successful stage win yesterday but there was a crash just inside the three kilometer maybe 2.5 to go left hand roundabout took out milan menton but he is all right you know he got up pretty much straight away i think it also took out a sudal quick step rider and a alperson rider uh, as well so there's a uh, you know groves was a man down basically but he got brought back up to the front and going into the last kilometer it was still absent just fully taking control of the sprint and 
Groves looked behind and you know, everybody's queuing up on his wheel, including Filippo Ganna and a lot of the protagonists from yesterday, like Alois, Edward Turns, Dainese was having a better day than he was yesterday. And when it came to the sprint, Groves set off and Ganna was pretty much alongside him. And it was pretty close as to see who was going to be the one who was winning. And there was also a very good sprint from Dries van Gestel who's coming up. But it was Caden Groves who took the sprint victory just ahead of Filippo Ganna, who may be a more of a sprint protagonist in the coming stages, considering that, like we've said, the sprint field here is not particularly deep or particularly great. Ganna's actually very competitive here, as it turns out. So, so the top 10 of the stage was Caden Groves finished in third place, taking his second Vuelta stage victory in this year, his third victory at the Vuelta overall. Philippe Ganas in second place, then Dries van Gestel, Alberto Danese, Lewis Askey moving up from, I think he was eighth place yesterday. Edward Turns in sixth place, David Gonzalez of Cairo Rival in seventh place, Jeffrey Soup in eighth place, Jesus Esgaya, 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 oh my word. Ezkera, Jesus Ezkera of Burgos BH. I apologize for that. And then Jared Drizners finished in 10th place after Milan Menton unfortunately had his crash. I, any surprises in the top 10 for you there, Scott? Anything that you were not expecting? Milano's not in there. That's something. Yeah, that's true. Weird. Yeah, we, we don't know how that crash kind of may, may have scuppered some of the lead out trains as well coming so late on. But obviously, Ghana is the, the main one. Uh, when you look at the sprint, he actually came quite far down. So he began his sprint quite early on compared to Caden Groves, who was definitely in the best position he could hope for. Great leader, again, by Alpsin de Koenig. Uh, they're kind of turning into the de facto lead out train. Uh, and I, I understand why he left as well uh, for them last year or this year. But yeah, Ghana... What was Gata doing there? Obviously, he's an amazing rider, but I didn't think he was going to be challenging on a Grand Tour stage in a flat sprint. Yeah, I think it is a bit surprised because, well, I, I suppose it is, surprise, it is surprising, but it's also not at the same time. He has competed in sprints in the past. I think it was Algarve. We saw him doing a very good sprint earlier this year. Milano San Remo. We saw him doing a very good sprint, of course, in different circumstances in a one-day race but still a very strong sprint to you know finish on the podium spot there you know we beat Paul van Aert so like you know that's, that's no that's no mean feat to be beating him in a sprint so I guess Ineos are giving him the freedom maybe they're just like well you know maybe maybe you won't win the TT against Remco but you know we're going to give you lots of other opportunities here and I'm, I'm all for it actually you know gone are the days of Ineos being such sticklers for everyone's around their leader I, I like to see that Ghana's got his own opportunity here to be a sprint and it adds an extra element actually into into the sprints it honestly wouldn't surprise me if Ghana won a sprint in this race because all it would probably take is Groves to be in bad position or something to happen and Ghana would be up there as one of the kind of top sprinters which is probably not something which i was thinking coming into this race i did not think i'd be saying that Filippo ogana is going to be a sprint favorite for these stages that shows the quality of sprinter that we really have in this race well ethan hater would have been a good rider in this situation i think but do you think ghana if he was at the same position would have won that sprint if he started the same place as groves i reckon he could have done you know I think that his position wasn't great, like you say. It was on the bike throw. He lost it, kind yeah, of. Yeah, pretty much. 
Yeah, I suppose the bike row is an important part of sprinting. It's probably something which Groves has more experience in doing than Ghana. You know, you're not regularly having to do that intense of a bike throw on a TT bike, are you? It's not maybe what Ghana is particularly used to. But if he improves on that, maybe he'll get that involved in his training plan over the winter. It was also, also worth noting that Dainese came from really far back as well, from behind where Ghana was. And he went out into the wind on the left-hand side and, and gained loads of positions. So really good to see from Dainese, considering that he was struggling on the climb earlier on. He then came to do a really good sprint. DSM, a little bit fragmented in their lead-out. They sort of seemed to have four riders, including Dainese, and they all kept on coming to him individually and helping him. It was a bit weird. They weren't particularly a cohesive lead-out unit, but maybe with a few more stages under their belt, they'll get a bit better at this. But Dainese certainly looked fast again today, so... You know, somebody again to factor into the sprints and, you know, we'll wait and see if anybody can topple Caden Groves because at the moment he looks like the the guy to beat. How was your day? Yeah, the day was uh, quite easy and controlled. Um, uh, myself, I was feeling much better than yesterday, I'd say, so I was uh, yeah, happy with the feeling. Uh, yeah, the guys did a good job in the final to keep me behind the Alpecin. Uh, and uh, unfortunately we lost uh, Roman he hit something on the road and yeah he, he broke the front wheel uh, but then Sean was there and also Max did the last pull till the uh, yeah just before the last corner then uh, yeah did kind of a mistake in the corner and then uh, at the exit I was a bit again far back and uh, when I could get out um yeah, it was a bit too late to pass the guys, so yeah, fourth I think was the best, but I think the legs were quite good today, so hopefully next time will be a better result. I mean, it is a great opportunity, this, with not any huge big stars, Dylan Hoenewegen, etc., etc., here for some of these lesser-known Dainese. Yeah, okay, he's won uh, Giro stages, but he's not an established sprinting star. He's not consistently performing so golden opportunity Milan Mento as you said as well but yeah obviously bad with the crash do you think we're just going to see Caden Groves sweep, sweep up all the flat stages here I don't want to say yes but that seems to be the way that it's going because he does have a whole team dedicated around him when you look at the Alps and the Koenig team you don't really see any guy there from like a you know a climbing breakaway sort of perspective maybe Jason Osborne, who I'm quite high on, but the whole team is pretty much designated around Caden Groves, whereas a lot of the other sprinters here have teams of breakaway climbers and the you know, they've got half a team, maybe a few guys, but it's not like a full designated team towards them. So I think Alpsin always have the advantage going into the sprints, and that's why they've obviously been so successful so far, because they can have really good positioning and avoid said crashes and and whatnot even though one of their riders was caught up in it but it keeps them out of trouble a lot of the time and it keeps their sprinter you know as fresh as possible because they're not having to surge and fight for position all the time so i think alpson are gonna be the the leading force in all the sprints and you know good luck to anybody coming around caden groves the only thing that might happen is if Felipe ghana gets a bit better position maybe he gets like a Geraint thomas lead out for you know last stage like like Geraint did for Cav, and maybe that will be, you know, the the 
Philippe O'Gana sprint stage win. That'll be that'll be a big headline. But we might as well just yeah, as we said, not we've talked about the main points, I think. But in terms of tomorrow's stage, finishing on a cat one, yeah, eleven point one kilometer long climb, seven point eight percent bonus sprint beforehand as well before they go into the valley to the bottom of the climb. What do you think we're gonna see here? Ho- hopefully, this is where we see the big juggernaut of Yomba Visma in your screen days potentially and Remco scrambling to hang on. But he did look good the other day. Yeah, you you are right. I think that it's hard to say. It could be like you say, it could be a big G C fight because, you know, there are so many great G C riders here. I think it looks the climb looks relatively similar to what we had the other day at stage three, where of course we had Remco looking so dominant. And I think you're right. I think it's on sort of on Yumbo to make this because if I was quick step they don't have a particular incentive after picking up six bonus seconds today you know wh- why would they want to bring a breakaway back they'd be quite happy to let the break go probably so I think it's going to be on Yumbo to really try and make this because they will be maybe a little bit scared of Remco he is what about 30 seconds ahead of them so far something like that especially after the TTT difference so I think that we could see maybe a breakaway day if the onus for chasing is totally on Sudar quick step but I think that Yumba Visma could come into play and they could certainly want to apply pressure but there's only just the one climb at the end so how much difference can be made over 11 kilometers I'm not too sure it would require a particularly big crack from a GC rider quite early on and whether all the teams are going to be playing a bit of chess and just you know trying to keep their cards close to their chests and not wanting to invest so I think it could go either way but I'd be willing to bet that it's probably going to be a GC fight and you might see Remco Avenapool just step off everyone in the last 500 metres or so like he did last time and just pick up another set of bonus seconds. It honestly wouldn't surprise me. He didn't look under pressure the other day and I'm not sure how much of that will have changed in the you know the few days between them. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, you'll have to come and join us tomorrow to find out if Patrick's predictions were correct. But that's basically it for this video. Make sure to hit the like button, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and comment down below what you thought of the stage. Do you think Caden Groves is the man to beat at this year's Vuelta España in terms of the sprints? But yeah, thank you for us, and we will see you tomorrow.